Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. What's up, everybody? This is Horror Zone 607. We are the podcast that talks all things horror and brings you the week's biggest horror movie news. I'm Mike C. coming at you each and every week for the last year plus from Studio 13. Actually, that's not true because I was from an undisclosed location all over this world for a while. But for a while now, I've been coming to you from Studio 13 and right across town over in the 8122 Production Studios. First, he is the king of the one chip challenge he's rich never again that's all i'm saying <laughs> never again and if i think you, it should become an annual semi-annual thing if you tuned into twitch.tv slash podcast last night for the three fat nerds slash 8122 productions uh anniversary extravaganza i appreciate you if you haven't and you want to see some painful if you want to see a fun time that then turns into a very painful time uh because the one chip challenge at the end uh you can still watch that on twitch.tv slash podcast it's a little cheap plug for that but that's where that comes from uh i'm still feeling the effects today as we record uh because yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was. You had a little rough. milk. You had a little milkshake. You had, you had a little chippies. A couple, two chippies. There. One, it was, it chippy. was, it was rough, it was one chip. sir. So I, there I, it is. I, yeah, I was telling you off air. I mean, as I watched that live, like I honestly thought you were going to throw up a couple of times, and it turns out it was because the thing was stuck to the roof of your mouth. But you actually looked like you were going to vomit, and so did Diesel. Who would have thought so. that the Best Buy two one twenty one. <laughs> was uh, mean this chip was going to be fucking stale, but whatever. <laughs> it yeah. was not good. Uh, the taste of that thing, the taste was actually worse than the burn. The burn sucked a little bit, but the taste was way worse. It's a deep burn. It's a deep burn, and you're still feeling it today. Oh, absolutely. God bless you. <laughs> well, also, back in the studio this week, we are so excited that he is back. That might be a little bit of a white lie, but... He is the hungriest man in all of horror podcasting, as well as the most irritable man in all of yeah. horror podcasting. Welcome back, Professor. Well, thanks for having me back. It's good it's to be back. Just, it's just swell to have you here, let me tell you. It's super swell. It is. What have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Uh, you know, we, we missed you. Well, uh, the recording schedule didn't mix with my work schedule, so I was unable to attend the last few shows, but... Uh, you know, I've been keeping busy, been watching the new season of Creep Show, uh, which is excellent if you guys haven't uh, been watching it. It's uh, very, very good. Um, I would say it's an improvement over the first season. Um, and uh, the new season of uh, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob, I was actually just uh, watching Mother's Day for the first time before uh, heading on over here. I have either Like the either... original Mother's Day? Or Mother's the... Day, yeah, the original 1980. I never Mother's saw Day. that one. Yeah. Is that more of a horror movie than the remake? Because the remake was stupid. Oh, yeah. It's a horror movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the um, remake, they claimed it was. It wasn't. Well, yeah. the And uh, the episode has um, Eli Roth as a special guest, and they're interviewing him because 
apparently he is a major um, fan of Mother's Day and borrows a lot of stuff from that movie in his movie. So that makes oh. it, that makes it pretty interesting to watch. Um, I I like Eli Roth not so much as a director, but uh, just as a person. I think he's important for horror. Um, so I would agree. Some of his movies, I you know, Hostel, eh. Um, Cabin Fever, I know a lot of people love it, but I'm not a major like, oh my god, this is one of the best horror movies ever. But you know, he, I, I, I like his ideas, and I like how much he's like a horror philanthropist. Well, his best idea ever that still hasn't come to fruition yet is Thanksgiving. Yes, <laughs> that should have been made ten years ago. Exactly. But yeah, I was just watching that. So I've been, uh, I've been doing that, and uh, you know, you know, just, uh, just working. No, his. Uh, I know that that our listeners have have been sending in a lot of emails and uh, asking questions about about your you know missing time here, and uh, the most. Uh, the, the most uh, common question that we got was, uh, have you been swimming in any more gray water? Fortunately, no, I have not. Well, that's good news. That that's problem, good news. Our that problem has resolved. That. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank goodness. Even just thinking about that makes me still. Still... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to have you back, buddy. It's good to have you back. Well, our, our listeners are happy to have you back. Everybody's missed you. I usually have a good cry for, you know, probably 10 to 12 seconds. Uh, every week, just knowing, you know, that you're not going to be here yeah. on those weeks when we know you're not going to be. Well, musically, so, musically, yeah, we're working on some stuff. So hopefully that'll be hitting soon. Hopefully this oh, summer. That's right. Yeah, that's right. The the first album from the Lone Rangers from the Lone out. Rangers. Yep. <laughs> we'll be once once we uh, have have all our Instagram and all that stuff set. I'll we'll reveal the name and everything. But yeah. Well, we already know the name. It's the Lone Rangers. We also know that uh, coming soon, uh, you're, uh, of course, uh, the, 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 the human centipede in the park is coming. Humans, so. yep. Yeah, a lot of projects in the works. <laughs> you're a busy man. You're a busy man. Indeed. All right. Well, enough of this nonsense. Let's get to the news this week. Because, <laughs> you know, actually nobody cares about you whatsoever, including us. Aww. So, yeah. So, so screw you for judging me and, you know, goodbye. Just don't say another word. Actually, we do need you for the second segment, so don't go anywhere. Wait, don't go. Don't, <laughs> don't go anywhere just yet. Don't go but until yeah, after we need fuck you. Fuck you, but hold exactly. on a second. Yeah, well, the show's <laughs> over. You can just stop talking. Screw off, so. but hold on just a second. So, yeah, let's get going There's... with the news here because, uh, you know, this is one that I know is near and dear to Rich's heart. Um, he loves when an original screenwriter sues to recapture rights to a franchise we we love what's going on with Friday the 13th. You know, we we don't ever want to see another Friday the 13th movie obviously. So we love that uh that all oh, that started all of this. So that was that was great for everybody. Of course, Hellraiser uh fell into that category recently. Well, add uh add the Predator franchise to that. Uh Jim and John Thomas, a couple of brothers that co-wrote the original Predator, they're the latest screenwriters to sue to recapture the rights of their franchise. Listen, I, I will say this. I have I I think artists should get what they're due. That's not the part of the issue. My issue is that if you've waited 30-some years to file a fucking lawsuit because you weren't getting paid, where was this years ago? Like, what deal did you originally sign? Here's my other problem that I I bring up a lot of times with these. You signed an original deal. Once you sign that deal, 
all bets were off at that point in juncture. You should yeah. have just gone, oh, shit. The pr- the it's truth- some sort of a clause, though, that kicks in after so many years. Yeah, I know, which is the dumbest thing ever. Because right now, here's the shitty. Here's where the shittier uh, thing is. Uh, we found out earlier this year that Marvel had acquired the rights to the Predator franchise. That's why they were started putting out comic books. Mm-hmm. So now, technically, Marvel, uh, which, of course, parent company Disney, owns the Predator franchise. The movie in the works was not, it's not an MCU movie, don't get it wrong, but it's coming to you from people who have to do with the MCU. So we are finally going to get a, probably, presumably, from everything else Disney's doing right now, an amazing Predator movie. Yeah. And now we're not. And why? Because we're going to go by a clause that I didn't feel like I got the money that I got when I agreed upon what I would sell my fucking script for. And I'm sorry, man. This is this is why Hollywood needs to change. This is a level of greed that's ridiculous. And yeah, I put some like you hear me before. I, I have taken Victor Miller's side of things, but the difference between Victor Miller and this case is Victor Miller had an agreement with Sean Cunningham, and Sean Cunningham violated the shit out that agreement. Yeah, like he wasn't getting paid. It's not like the Predator franchise right. holders are you know screwing them out of right. Money. There was there was a done There's deal. Like, with hey, them. you guys are making more money. Than That's what we it was. Are. Basically, Marvel comes into hey, control of it, and they went, oh, well, I want some of that I want money. A piece I, of that. I created that. Wait, yeah. Yeah, but so you didn't think rules. about you didn't think about the long term. So there's a big difference between the fuck Sean Cunningham lawsuit, which is basically Sean Cunningham now trying to get a reversal, which is never going to happen. He's the one. Hey, I want money. Right. Well, here's the thing: if he would have paid the amount he was supposed to to Victor Miller, yeah. although he did deserve more and he got more in the lawsuit, but if he if he would have paid the original amount, the lawsuit would have been thrown out yeah. because that would have been like, oh, you with you kept your end of the bargain. But he was a greedy prick and didn't keep his end of the bargain and kept more money and lied about numbers and all sorts of crazy shit. Like, there, there's a lot of convolution to that story with Victor mm-hmm. Miller and mm-hmm. Sean Cunningham. This is a little more cut and dry. These guys made a script, sold the script. They got paid for it. They got royalties off of it. And now, because of some loophole, they're like, well, we should get more money. <laughs> well, no, that's not how this works. That's like me going to work, working every day, and then going, I should get more money. Like, that's and then not they, how it works. And then if they get the rights, do they have plans? No, because they, it's, it's, first of all, they're not really going for what the rights is a credit. Yeah. So you're going for credited rights. So okay. basically, it's a way to get more royalties. Yeah. Okay. So you know what I mean? Like, they're not, because they don't, they don't own a studio. It's not like they can take the rights of the movie I back thought, from a studio. I thought they, they were like, they had an idea, like, oh, yeah, we got the next Predator. Well, right. that's already being developed by somebody yeah. who already bought the rights for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, that's, uh, but the, the problem with the, the, when there's an open lawsuit, as we know from Friday the 13th, you can't move forward on any new projects yeah. until the lawsuit is, is, is satisfied, even if it has nothing to do. Because technically speaking, and I know Mike and me have talked about this a ton and uh, we definitely got all the stuff from Zerner and uh, his take on it. Technically speaking, even in Friday the 13th, the rights for like the action figures and the uh, in the game and the movie that was supposed to come out or was being developed, I should say, produced. It was in early production, not like anything shot, but being written. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like all of that stuff had nothing to do with the lawsuit. Because technically speaking, that was already paid for and ready to go. The licensing was there. The problem is once a lawsuit comes in, especially when it's about money, everything has to be frozen until that is settled because it may tie into the royalties. Yeah. So in other words, they might be have a right to some of that chunk, which in the case of Friday the 13th, I mean, me and Mike were talking, the movie would have been affected as far as royalties. The game was affected by royal, would have been affected by the royalties clause, but the NECA figures would have not been. 
because other than the name Jason, which you could have sub subsided that in court otherwise, the actual likeness of that killer does not belong to an idea from Victor Miller. Yeah. So it was a gray area, but like the movie and the game, which both uses locations and storylines from the original movie, they would have both fallen under the royalties. Now, once again, that lawsuit's a little different because Victor Miller... Uh, if he was being paid what he was deserving the whole time, what his agreed upon percentage was, he wouldn't have had to come back to court. Yeah. But then he found out Sean Cunningham was making a lot more money than he was claiming. Like, <laughs> like that franchise was making a shit ton of money. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. One of the, one yeah. of the most popular franchises in horror history. And Victor Miller was not seeing any proceeds. Uh, well, he was seeing a very small amount of proceeds, but not to the percentage he was supposed to get. So that's the only reason that went to court. Because even Victor Miller, and we talked about this before, after he won the initial lawsuit, he was all game to sign over for somebody to make a movie. Like, because then he would hit his right percentage. But then Sean Cunningham was like, oh, no, I need to get my money back. <laughs> Fucking prick. But anyways, Predator. <laughs> but it, but, it, but yeah, I know, I know it was a deep dive to go around, but Predator's slightly different. These guys sold the rights to the movie, and now yeah. they're taking advantage of a clause. That's, that, it's a kind of a renegotiating thing. But instead of renegotiating, they're just going to court for it. Meanwhile, they could have probably done this outside of court, or maybe they tried and Disney was just like, you know what? We've already paid. We don't need to pay you shit. Yeah. Your, your gripe is with somebody else. And I do believe they are suing whoever owned the rights prior to the right. Because I, I don't think Disney owns the actual franchise. I think they just own the rights to make movies and products. Marvel does. Okay. But that means we don't get no any of those great fucking Marvel comic books either, because they wrote a couple of those. They're they, pretty good. Yeah. They're done now. Well, they do the crawl. Well, they can't make anything more. Oh. Not anything that's not in production right now. When the lawsuit goes in, ask Mike because he knows a lot about this. If it was in production before the lawsuit, they can still release it. Anything that was coming out so after, the they comics can't do it. should be fine. As as but until the the yeah. production stopped. So whatever was already written up until the point of the lawsuit yeah, can yeah. release. If not, it can't. That sucks. It's going to affect things like the video game and everything, which is very it's kind of eerily similar because like Friday the 13th the game, it's a very similar game to that, you know, and now that's going to get shut down. Yep. I almost bought that the other day too right before I saw the story. Dude, the Friday the 13th <laughs> game. game. No, the Predator game. Oh. Thankfully, we did not buy that one. We bought the Friday the 13th game, which I still obtain was really fun. And if they would have been able to fix that game, it would have been even better. Because yeah. I, I liked it better than Dead by Daylight, only because I like the third person of the game with the killer. But yeah. I just, I don't, this is this is just a shit show in this case. Because I, mm. I just, this one is more buyer's remorse for me than the Victor Miller situation. Like, we have evidence, and it was brought out in court, that Sean Cunningham was robbing Victor Miller on their agreed-upon percentage. These guys, there's no evidence to that. That's not even what they're filing. They're just filing that they wanted to re-up a negotiation at a different fucking percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is just some, like, real, like, greedy stuff. And the fact that I don't know their names off the top of my head means that I chances are they didn't write any other smash hits. Right. So, I guess I get yeah. that. And like I said, don't, don't, I don't want to hear the argument that I'm against artists and artist shit. I am all for it. But once you sign your shit over, you sold it. It's done. That's it. I'm sorry. I don't I don't like this this whole, you know, going back and reneging on that. You know what I mean? That's just a really bad look for me. Like I think like that's why I don't sell the rights to the podcast to anybody or eight one two two productions. Like unless you're gonna pay me enough money that I can have this as my only job, I would never sell any of our rights. Why? Because why would I? You know what I mean? That's just right. dumb. That you know, you know the risk that you do it. But if I tomorrow, if, if somebody came up with a fat offer that myself and Mike and everybody else involved could quit our jobs and do this as a full time gig, 
I'm not going to come back and complain about it because we signed it over. I'm sorry. Once you sell something, you sold it. Like, I, I don't really feel bad for that. I mean, if you were getting screwed over, like in the case of Victor Miller, okay, there's, 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 there's reasons yeah. that happened. So I, I am on the side of Victor Miller because he wasn't getting his rightful cut. Right. In this case, they're not even arguing that. They're arguing the fact that they just wanted more. The Tom Thomas bros. Yeah. The Thomas bros. Thomas bros. The Thomas, Thomas twins. The Thomas is squared. The Thomas twins. John, yeah, and, Jim, yeah, John and Jim. And like Thomas. I said, I don't want to be a dick about it, but come on, man. Like You're on the precipice of having a, a game that looked like it was going to be pretty popular, having, another mo- having a movie that was probably going to be done fucking right, and here we are. The comic books were going over real well. So now we're back at square. Oh, and think about it. The Predator, speaking of action figures, NECA figures, the Predator line is one of the most popular NECA lines out there. The collectorship for that is ridiculous. So well, now you're risking that too. It's really one of the best creature designs. I agree. Like up there with the Xenomorph from Alien, like the Predator really is. When I remember watching the original Predator when I was a kid and at the end when he takes the mask off, I was you know just blown away by that that that's it looks real mm. it, it's an awesome design the mandibles whatever the hell the fangs are that he has are they mandibles Is yeah that what it's that's, called? What it, that's what it's called you had it right you know uh that's a james cameron edition um i don't know if anybody's watched the commentary for predator but i have and of course you have <laughs> yeah so anyways um they were Refig- reconfiguring the design of the creature after Jean-Claude Van Damme's failed out. Yeah, yeah like out. that design was not working. It looked goofy. And if you've ever, well, it did look goofy. If, if you have not seen any of the test footage they had of this, um, it is online. It also Jean-Claude like Van Damme, neck and it, it's like a rubber creature. And it well, looks, they had to make him look taller. Cause let's be yeah. honest. Jean-Claude Van Damme is not a very short big little, guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it was James Cameron on a plane. I, I don't know if it was the, with, I think it might've been with the director. Uh, was it McTiernan, John McTiernan, the director? Yes. Um, so like James Cameron was like mandibles and then like that kind of clicked and they went ahead and kind of use that as, well, the I mean, Jim, Jim Cameron has great like visual effects oh, yeah, and he, yeah. he nobody's going to say he's not. And I mean like, but my, my, my point goes back and I mean, you guys can like touch upon what you want here. I just think that this is one of those situations where I can't defend the artist. And the reason why is they weren't, there's no evidence right. that they were being robbed. They were being paid the percentage and they got paid up front. And it's like, once you sold something, if it's yeah. buyer's remorse, that's on you, man. And then the action figures. I was just saying, I want to buy. Dude, the oh yeah, well that, that's why. Well, I was going to have design, NECA. That's the one NECA, of the coolest but have creatures. You seen, have you seen the line? Like, oh, they yeah. do all sorts of crazy shit, and yeah. that and the collectors are love it. Like if you go, yeah. I'm a part of a bunch of different uh, collectible groups, NECA groups, and people love that line. That line's going to whatever was not in production already will be going on hold. Uh, we learned that law because of the Friday the Thirteenth stuff. Me and Mike C. Fucking, we became uh, pretty good at this uh, copyright law, didn't we, Mike? It was a good time. I wish we didn't we, have to. <laughs> yeah, I think that we missed out on uh, on what we should have been doing with our lives. To be honest, you know, we know we know as much about that stuff. Now we should have given Jason his hockey mask and then explained things. Larry Zerner. Maybe we the, should sue. By the way, Larry, Larry Zerner's the fucking man. He think is. about that. He gave Jason the mask, and now he tells us how he's being defended. Yeah, <laughs> I think we should sue Sean Cunningham. That's what I. I think. wish we could. I wish you know, there was a, just, I, you know what I'm surprised if there was a way there would have already been a petition and would already happened. You know he's given us uh, he's, he's given us a lot of emotional trauma. 
Well, so, well, you know, you the, the best part about it is the appeals court held up the original decision. So now he's taking it to the, what is the Supreme Court, I do believe, is where he's taking it next. Because that's yeah. the last level. And now it's just dragging on. Because, dude, they're not going to overturn. If they were going to overturn, they would have done it in the appellate court. The, 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 the Supreme Court of the state of California was not going to overturn it. Right. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's it's a big giant waste of time and in they're just hurting the fans. I got to ask you know, Mike. At this point. Mike, actually, this is a question I do want to ask you. Do you think that the uh, Thomases uh, squared? Uh, do you think that they looked at what Victor Miller did and took inspiration from that? Not not saying because not. I'm not saying in the fact of they were getting screwed over because the, the evidence says they weren't. But did they go? Oh well, he won, so we can win. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because I mean, you know. That happened first with Friday the 13th, then the Hellraiser series, now this. You're going to see this happen. I wouldn't be surprised to see something happen with uh, John Carpenter and Halloween. Yeah, but wasn't that in-house, though? It was him and uh, Deborah Hill. Uh, it was it was him and Deborah Hill. I, I don't, yeah, they did work together yeah, I was gonna on say, that and I, 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 Yeah, they wrote the script, so I don't think we'll she see produced, that. She had a hand in like, producing right. it. I don't think well, we'll ever not. see... No, she became a producer because of it. Yeah, I don't think that we'll uh, see anything about that because they had a good relationship, a partnership, so it, I think... Right, but fun. John Carpenter's complained for years about how he didn't get the money that he wanted, and that's why he well, wouldn't do another one. Well, There I was think... a big problem with him and Erwin Yablons. Right. And uh, they hated each other, and... Well, you know, the good news is I think that he's back in a better headspace now, though. Well, because he, he has been supportive been of the new movies. These last two movies, you know, so and, and he will be with the next one too. So, you know, I'm just if if he hadn't, let's just assume for one second, Halloween 2018 never happened, which right. and you know, which would be a perfect world for me. But um, but let's if that had never happened. Carpenter never would have gotten back involved with them, and I bet you anything that that would be happening right now. I agree with you there. Uh, the only, the it only just one opened we, up a can of worms. And the, if it hasn't, if the laws haven't changed, I don't know anything about you know any of that stuff, obviously, because it's not what I do. But if the laws haven't changed, or if there hasn't been some sort of a clause written into contracts over the last forty plus years, you know, this is going to change that. There's going to be something that writers are going to have to sign where they are, you know. This is going to go away. I hope so. Something with this this loophole will go away. But if there hasn't been anything done about that over the last 40 years, this is just going to open up the can of worms for everything. I, I want to say... play. Saw. Right. Think about all the big horror franchises. Right, you know? I agree. I agree. But I just want to say this, though, and I, I want to give a shout-out to end this as a like on a positive note. That is why you have to have studios and people who do the right thing, uh, i.e. with the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Uh, that went back yeah. to the Craven family, and New Line was more than happy to allow them to have the franchise rights, which is right. which is a really good like that's upstanding for New Line and and that studio and everything to do that. A lot of places would have fought that; they could have fought that legally, and they didn't. And uh, so, kudos to them. So let's add let's let's say that there is some good things going on out there that prevent right. some of this from happening because the Craven family does own completely the rights to Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, although they have said, they've stated that if there was ever another movie, obviously New Line will get the opening crack because they, you know, <laughs> right. when you play ball, usually people are more receptive to you. You know what I mean? But in this case, right. I just don't, I think you're right. I think this is one of those things where, you know, buyer beware and these are writers and I don't, and then once again, thank you for your art, but you got paid for it and you got paid yep. royalties for it. So I don't get why now it's a big problem. The reason being, and I'm going to say it is because who look, who is going to look 
it was looking to make the new movie, which means it was going to come out under uh, what is it called now? Century? What is that? Because it's it's not twentieth century twenty twentieth century films anymore, because uh, it's the Fox or is it they just call it twentieth century? Something like that. Twentieth uh, century. Yeah, I, I think. think yeah, because that's what Disney changed. So that's what it's coming out under, and therefore Disney was putting it out, and they they probably thought, oh shit, they're going to make a lot of money. We want our cut. That's that's really my right. my my gimmick there, and I think that's exactly what happened. 20th Century Studios. Yes, that's what they changed it to. Because I, I remember it was 20th Century Fox, and then they changed it, dropped yeah. the Fox name. Just like Fox Searchlight is now just Searchlight. Yep. But yeah, so that's what's happening. And I, I really guarantee you that's what it is. They And I, I on one level of me, it was like, oh, get paid. But on another level, there's ways to go around that. And if they off, they, I'm assuming because of their royalties, they were offered the same percentage they got before. And they should probably just take that and go. Agreed. All right. Well, moving on uh, to I, this. This one's going to break the professor's heart, uh, but this story's for you, buddy. Um, we know that you're a huge fan of uh, Netflix's Castlevania series. Yeah. On May 13th, the good news is the fourth season will be premiering on Netflix. The bad news is it's the final season of <sighs> Castlevania. But there is a silver lining to this. And when we went over our production notes before we went on the air, I told you I was going to withhold something from you because you know I kind of wanted to get your your genuine reaction to it, it and not know what I was going to say. Ahead of it's time. it's a, uh, I mean the the seasons are so short, and yeah. I under I understand it probably takes a while to make these seasons and like the quality of the craftsmanship of this show is so good. I can understand it, but why just four seasons? What, what tell me why forsake the professor? There should be more. We've only gotten, ah, oh, man. Yeah. Anyways. Well, like I said, there's a silver lining potentially. Now this is just rumor, but the rumors are that Netflix may be eyeing a brand new series set in the same universe, but with completely different characters, new characters. That's what I was hoping. Maybe we'll get Simon Beaumont. There you go. Yeah. Woo-hoo. That. So if they don't do that, I'm going to be pissed. That's where you're going to quit Horizon 607 and burn I'm, the studio down. I'm going to walk the like earth. It's our fault. I'm going to right. walk walk the earth like Jules and uh, Pulp Fiction there. Like 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 the singer Jewel. Like Jewel. Like Kane yeah. and Kung Fu. She grew up in Alaska, you know. Walk she has earth. walked the earth. Yep. But yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. At least you're getting a fourth season. Yeah. No, I'm excited, especially because it just gets better and better and better. But knowing how good the show is, it's like I. Uh, and they've only touched uh, on Trevor Beaumont and there's the whole Beaumont clan and um, Simon Belmont Beaumont. I keep saying Beaumont Belmont Belmont Simon Belmont. Well, uh, yeah. So if they go, if they go forward, cause Simon is like, you know, very iconic. I mean, so, is, so, is, uh, I, I mean, all of them are, but, really like he's the entry point for the whole series um simon is so if they get into that that'd be cool i really disappointed if they just end it after four seasons and don't go into any more of the belmont family I was, well you don't know what you're gonna get beaumont belmont i was thinking of like blue velvet jeffrey beaumont <laughs> yeah it's not the beaumonts it's the belmonts belmonts the, maybe there the, should be a series the, about that maybe there should be a series you know about the belmonts you know, yeah. maybe, and they they could do video games. <laughs> you could, might be onto something here. They, you know, maybe have them whip 
have him have a whip instead of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, when all is said and done, you're going to sue the producers for the rights. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Because I had that idea, and I want my money. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. And then Rich is going to be calling you the same thing. Wham, wham, wham. I want more money. I yeah. came up with this idea. I'm a writer. Right. Well, Anyways. I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know what to tell you. you I, I, love, I love writers. I love writing. So, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, if you, I, I'm with Rich on the previous. If you sell your idea, you sell your idea. You know, that's <laughs> just not smart. Well, you came up with an original idea here today that there should be a, a series called Castlevania. Yeah. That should star a guy named Simon Belmont who has a whip. Yeah. Slaying yeah. vampires and his family. Slaying vampires and whatnot. Yeah. yeah and all that sorts of gothic creatures. Yeah. <laughs> it's a million dollar idea, buddy. I hope it works out for you. Uh, so we know that the the video game uh, series The Last of Us was going to be spinning off into an HBO series called The Last of Us. Uh, so we recently um, found out, you know, that uh, the characters of Ellie and Joel were cast. Well, we got another casting news, some more casting news for this this week. Uh, Gabriel Luna, uh, who played, uh, I, I'm I'm most familiar with him having played the the Terminator in uh, the newest Terminator movie, Terminator. Oh Dark yeah, Fate. yeah, yeah. So uh, Gabriel Luna is going to be playing Joel's brother Tommy in the series The, the Last of Us. Very cool. I'm good with that casting. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good. That that was an underrated. Dark Fate was good. Uh, I, I like Dark. I Fate. liked it. I actually yeah. like Dark Fate. Uh, I think I think he's a good addition. I mean, he's going to be playing alongside Pedro Pascal. How can you, you complain about that? Considering yeah. the fact that Pedro Pascal is in fucking everything these days. Yeah. And, and I'm not mad about. We that. just we just need one more Luna. We need Diego Luna in this, and then we'll, <laughs> right, we'll have all of we will have we'll have the perfect casting of all time. I'm just actually I'm actually excited for, I'm excited for this show. Lunatics. They'd be a bunch of lunatics. Oh, shut up! Is that what fans listen? You are, you are, you are Diego and listen, Gabriel Luna. I'm going to go back to this live stream. You are a corny motherfucker. Calm it down. Can you uh, can you put baby in the corner there for think, a couple minutes? I you just know, did. Like, listen here, Cumber. I'm I muted him. Don't worry. <laughs> I can still hear him. Hey, bring me back. <laughs> of course you can still hear him, but uh, the people of Cole can hear him when he's being loud in my microphone. <laughs> Well, guys, come on. Yeah, no, no. Hey. Hey. You know how uh, Benedict, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch yeah, look at that. Best thing I've The best thing I've ever done. Just keep cutting the professor off. <laughs> yeah. He's still talking. Well, well, you got of course the, he is. You got Benedict Cumberbatch with his Cumberbitches. Yeah, yeah. And you got Diego Luna yeah. and Gabriel yeah. Luna with the lunatics. It, j- just stop. Just stop. It's a brilliant idea. Listen, right now You're I full wish of great ideas this week. I wish I, I wish I didn't have. Uh, I wish he. I wish Mike C was back in studio because I, yeah, I would have played the boo this man clip all over <laughs> that. Get ready. Get, 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 get ready. Right. By the way, it's get a good ready, joke. Get ready in the future because when Mike C comes back, the soundboard is back. When the soundboard yeah. is back, oh man, all we're just gonna. Up. One show is just going to be catching up for all the bad jokes. All it's going to be is sound effects. Pretty much. Yeah, the whole <laughs> every time you every time you talk, every time you talk, it'll be a sound effect. Just cut them off every time. Uh, anyways, uh, let's move on from that failed joke to something better. Oh, it was a good joke. <laughs> well, we got a we got a fun one here for the, for the final story of the week and funniest. So we know that Ghostbusters Afterlife is coming finally. It was supposed to be out over or about a year ago, anyway. Mm. Um, but it's finally coming out this year. 
and uh, merchandise is starting to pop up everywhere you look. Merchandising, merchandising. And now, there's going to be, and there's no shock here, really, but there's going to be a new themed cereal, uh, which apparently is already available for purchase in stores. Um, it's Ghostbusters Afterlife cereal. Uh, they're going to have Fruity Puffs with marshmallows. It basically looks like Kix cereal, but I guess they're like Fruity Puffs and not just Corn by, by the way, ghost shapes. If I've learned anything from promotional cereals, cereals from movies and stuff, it's going to be trash. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I had the the Mandalorian cereal. Ooh. It's yeah. never good. Have you ever noticed that whenever they have a promotional cereal for something, it is never good? Yeah. It, it, it sounds like it might be a good remember, idea. It ain't. Does anybody remember Nintendo cereal? Yes. Nintendo. It's a and cereal. You know, the, you, know the shitty, oh, yeah. you know the Nintendo. shitty part about that is when we, were, when, when, we wow. were for, when we were kids, we bugged our parents to pay extra money for that shit, and we still didn't like it. Yeah. Oh man, I remember <laughs> that, that box. Was terrible. That box of Nintendo cereal was in our cupboard forever. It was like oh, Captain yeah. Crunch, wasn't it? I don't remember. It was, it was a like shitty a, version of Captain Crunch. Yes. It was like either like Captain Crunch or it was like Fruity Pebbles. I can't remember. What else one. they it do? No, that one was the Nintendo one was like Captain Crunch, but it didn't yeah. taste like. All they do now All is they done like. Is, and by the way, I'm gonna point this out. It was made by the same company. That makes Captain Crunch. They could have just put Captain Crunch in that box and called it Nintendo <laughs> cereal, and we would have won. But they added all the uh, the what what was what was the gimmick with it? It was like there was like there was marshmallows in it. They were there's shaped, always marshmallows, in and they were shaped, shaped like, like the buttons on yes, the controller, right, yes. or something. So you could have just used regular Captain Crunch with fucking marshmallows in it. And, and lied to us and just said Nintendo well, that's, cereal. That's what but all these didn't. are. Like the Mandalorian and this Ghostbusters one just looks like Lucky Charms. Right, but for some reason... With kicks instead of... Ready, but yeah. for some reason they don't use the same formula even though the company that makes it makes that same cereal and they make it crappy for some reason. I don't yeah. understand why. It's like Bootios. They weren't good either. Nintendo Bootios. <laughs> Bootios. Mm, Bootios. <laughs> and they charge $10 a box for Bootios. What? N- Nintendo cereal. That's what you get for buying anything from the WWE. Oh, yeah. There were two of them. There was uh, there was Super Mario and Zelda uh-huh. one. Yep. Oh, man. And they they yeah. really did. They, they could have just copied a cereal that they already owned and cloned it. Nobody would have cared. Just slapped it and still charged more because they slapped the Nintendo name on the box. Yeah. I, re- I remember the I remember the song, especially from the commercial. Although I will tell you this much, if you haven't had it yet, there is the Frosted Flakes Lucky Charms uh, mix-up that they do now. Oh. That's good shit. Nintendo. It's just Frosted Flakes with Lucky Charms uh, uh, marshmallows in it. It's good stuff. Well, they have super, Such good shit, Super pal. Mario cereal. Such good shit, pal. Anyways. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Didn't uh, Ernie Hudson confirm that he's seen it? They've, sh- they've screened. I'm sure after- they have. I think there was uh, news this week they actually screened it for um, one of the Ghostbusters, Ernie Hudson. And you really uh, have. Bill Murray's been in the news about it, talking about how he um, it was physic- physically arduous for him because he had to wear the proton pack. So Venkman well, yeah. wears a proton pack. Very excited. Well, did we not think that was going to happen? I don't know. We have to have the shot. I, I would hope so, but you never know. We knew they were all in the movie, so you know they're getting suited up at least once. They're getting suited up yeah. for the third act. That's you, I guarantee it. Yeah. Oh, They'll get yeah, suited yeah, up yeah. for the third act. That's it. Which is fine. I'm happy with that. Yeah, that's... It's basically I mean, from, that's typical to the you, first movie, kind of. Spoiler well, alert. Well, I have not yeah. seen the movie, but here's my guess. And so I'll say that in case anybody doesn't want. Here's what the movie is. They Because we already seen in the trailers. They go in the family of Egon goes to this property. They find the containment unit that was buried out in the fucking desert with all the other gadgets. The dumb kids release the containment unit. 
That means the ghosts are back. Then the dumb kids try to hunt the ghosts themselves. They can't get the job done because you know that's how they're going to book it. Then who are you going to call? And then who has to come back to save the day in the third (laughs) act? Then who are you going to call? The Ghostbusters come back. And Paul Rudd suits up too. Yeah, probably. And then the ghost, and then and then the feel good moment. Yeah. By the way, the feel good moments. So the franchise can go on. Yeah. The Ghostbusters open a Ghost Catching Academy or something like that and yeah, train yeah. the next generation of Ghostbusters. Put money on it. Yeah. And, and, and then you know what? And then you can segue into Dan Aykroyd's original idea where you they're could. yeah. But here's the thing. Put where they're in the I, future. I, am I upset about anything I just said? Nope. I think it'll still be good. Yeah. I'm ready for this shit. I'm ready for this nostalgia ride, baby. Yeah. Woo! Let's just hope that it's as good as Annabelle comes home. Fuck you. They could, uh, well, <laughs> you know, they could, they could really segue. They could segue into Dan Aykroyd's original idea, um, where because originally the first Ghostbusters movie, were, wasn't it set in the future? And it was they were, in the future in space. Yeah, and they they were uh, they were, you know, the Ghostbusters. They were looked weird. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was weird. They yeah. had these helmets and everything to view the ghosts. And yes, and originally we were to get, we we're going to have John Belushi and Eddie Murphy in the movie. Yep. But yep, yep. But yeah, I mean, you could go on from them. Thank God that didn't happen. We wouldn't be talking about Ghostbusters forty years later if that was in space. Who would? Who would uh, no, who knows? By the, it might have still been talked about because think were about they that in cast. space? I thought like they were, they were on. I thought on you just Earth. said that they were. No, they were in space. Well, yeah. if they're not in space, they look like they were in space. It's like in the space, like the Leprechaun and Jason. Yeah. I just want to throw this one out there. It might have worked. Even that original concept, just because of the star power alone. Think about the star power that would have been in that movie. That would have been Aykroyd, John it's Belushi, an and entirely different dynamic. Um, it would have been different, I mean, yeah. completely different from what we got. I and by the way, I don't ever want to see that. Yeah, neither. and the reason why because I'm happy with what we got. Yeah, Venkman alone is one of the best characters. Absolutely, one of the best comedy characters of all time. Absolutely, so, so I'm, I'm happy. All of them are great. All I am happy. Single. Cannot wait for this, and I cannot wait to see it. I had to wait an extra fucking year because of COVID. So fuck COVID. Yeah, I'm still waiting and, on Bond. Yeah. God damn it! When the hell is that even coming out? Anymore? Never. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they it. delayed it like five years. Fuck everything. Daniel Craig's my favorite. Daniel Craig is my favorite Bond. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. By the way, I'm also going to throw this out there. Daniel Craig should be casted in the remake of Friday's Dead. That's right. Like, he should be yes. Freddy Krueger. Everybody always says Connery is the best, but he's he's clearly the original, and he's no, great. Yeah. I love Connery. But, Don't but get me wrong. Craig, but Craig is badass. Man. Craig is the book Bond. Um, I you know I give a lot of credit to Timothy Dalton to be honest I wish there were more Bond movies with him he was kind of doing what Craig's doing now but the movies were goofier back then yeah anyways who who was the other one that was in there the the, George Lazenby George Lazenby Lazenby. he did like two movies no one uh, (laughs) Honor Majesty and then they had to bring then they had to bring back Roger Moore no they brought back uh, Connery for oh oh, yeah okay um, yeah yeah, yeah. for Diamonds Are Forever. I thought they they brought back more at some point too too to do another fucking movie later on. No, in the 80s, Connery wasn't came it? back twice. Um, really? Because uh, yeah, he did he did the original run through Goldfinger and then right. stepped out and uh, Lazenby did it and then he came back for Diamonds Are Forever and then um, Roger Moore took over for like a decade and then uh, Never Say Never Again. Um, Connery came back. Oh yeah, and it was a that. remake with Kim Basinger, Basinger, however you pronounce that, Basinger, and um, it was a remake of Thunderball, basically. 
Um, oh yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. But Roger Moore was solid through. I like he, Roger he never, Moore. Yeah. I'm not a huge Roger Moore fan. They got goofier and goofier. Oh well, yeah, yeah. But um, he he was the longest tenured or not tenured, but he consistently from film to film. Yeah, like, yeah. I know what you're talking about. As many in a row, he did the most in a row. I do like Roger Moore though. This is fun. Yeah. I like Live and Let Die. I that was like, a great movie. I like uh, I like some of his movies. Spy Love Me is good. Um, but then you get into Moonraker and okay, we like to forget that View to Kill and shit. And it gets, yeah, this is great horror movie news yeah. that we're covering here. <laughs> hey, listen, you brought this up. This is on you. But I want Bond. Said, Bond. If you want to hear more James Bond talk, or if you want to hear more <laughs> horror talk, or you want to talk about anything at all, it's easy enough. You can hit us up on our social medias, Horrorzone six oh seven on Facebook. Like and share the page at Horrorzone six oh seven on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, also, you can check out 8122productions.com and get all your information about everything we're doing over there. And if you would like to support the show monetarily, you can do that at patreon.com slash 8122productions for as little as $1 a month. And you get a ton of extra bonus content, including early access to the Horror Zone 607 podcast. And uh, when Mike comes back, we're going to be doing like... Uh, little extra snippets like we do with a three fat nerds podcast where we kind of record our production meeting uh trust me on patreon we can say all sorts of crazy shit oh you might hear some real crazy shit during that oh yeah with that being said (laughs) though uh mike c i believe it is time for horror zone trivia that's right it's been a while since we've done one of these because the professor won't show up but um we're gonna do one this week so it is time for the horror zone 607 trivia question this week's question, I hope I stump you guys with this one. I, I tried to get a little bit tricky with this. Or not tricky, but just tough. I want to get tough with this one. So, here goes. Hang it tough. Arguably, one of the better slasher films made in the 1980s, what movie was filmed in a mansion on the University of Maryland and featured a killer named Eric? One more time, the question is... Arguably, one of the better slasher films made in the 1980s, what movie was filmed in a mansion on the University of Maryland and featured a killer named Eric? The answer, coming up right after this break. Hey, this is Dustin Perry from Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International, and you listen to Horror Zone 607. Welcome back to The Zone. Before the break, I asked this week's Horror Zone 607 trivia question. And the question was, arguably, one of the better slasher films made in the 1980s, what movie was filmed in a mansion on the University of Maryland and featured a killer named Eric? All right, I'm going to give my answer. It was The Professor's Mom. Uh, that is that is not correct. It is not well, Mrs. Professor. D- hey, listen. Do not lie. The professor's mom has definitely been banged at the University of Maryland. So come on, oh, more than likely by me. That's that's actually where the professor. Came okay, from. so I got I disqualified myself because I had to know the answer. So I did Google the answer. So I actually know. So I, I'm going to give you a clue because I'm going to go above Mike and I'm going to give you a clue. Okay. And this is the only clue I'm willing to give you though. The movie came out in 1983, the same year we were both born. Oh geez, that doesn't. 
uh, it's all, a great, great slasher movie. If, if it also helping helps, think about the clues that he gave Eric, you. Think about where University it was filmed. Think about where it was filmed, and then think about a movie that would be filmed on that kind of location. Well, from 1983. Like I, I, I can't. There's. I, I really got nothing. I, I would say like Hellbound 2 or Hellraiser 2 Hellbound. No. But there's nobody named Eric. <laughs> oh, man. And then, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I got nothing. So, Mike, so I got nothing was, I, was I right when I looked it up? House on Sorority Row? The answer is the House oh, on Sorority Row. fuck's sake. All right. Now you know why I kicked myself in my ass when Jesus. I realized when I looked it up. And that's why I was trying to give you the like think about a movie. I don't that would think be about filmed. these things when I'm watching these movies. Well, once again, <laughs> you're the smartest man in all of pi- horror podcasting. He nails another one. Who who I just said think about where it was filmed. Sorority on a, Row on a, on a university on a mansion on a university. Ah. What would take place there? Something in the, how many <laughs> how many how many movies have taken place in a sorority from the 80s? I was thinking like. Using 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 like a college campus, I was thinking like maybe some of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors. But I told you 1983. Yeah, I know. My head was not in the right place. Obviously, Hellbound, Hellraiser Two. But that wasn't (laughs) filmed on a on a on On a campus. No, it was a hospital. Yes, but a hospital's on a campus. Yeah, 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 yeah. They used a a campus hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't that the Power Rangers yes, guy? Yes. What was his name? Alpha. Eric. Alpha. Eric. His name was Eric. Yeah, <laughs> Anyways, All well, right. that's going to bring us into well, the. Terrific. Well, this week we're doing the Horror Zone six oh seven review segment. Uh, we, we, you know, uh, in the future, Mike C had already brought something up. I want to touch on this because I think that this is something that was ingredients upon. In the future, some episodes might have this the third segment. Because uh, going forward, we would like to make sure we're doing more horror reviews. Mm. And then, of course, occasionally we have to have the talking horror segment where we do some real fun shit. So uh, this is one going to be a two-segment show, though. And it's going to have kind of a mixture of both. Because this is going to be a Horror Zone 607 review segment. However, the talking horror portion of this is it's going to be the knockdown, drag-out, Horror Zone 607 Battle of the Century. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be reviewing... Good night, mommy. Mm. Which is we talked last week is going to be remade in an American version starring Naomi Watts. Now, yes. with that being said, I pointing out that there's going to be two quarters in this, and I am going to bow out. <laughs> I did watch the movie, but I'm going to bow out and let these. I'm going to I'm going to let these two gentlemen try to win me over because one of these gentlemen is arguing that this movie is not good. <laughs> one of these gentlemen is arguing that it is. Yeah. And I think if you listened last week, you know which one is arguing that the movie's not good. <laughs> so, with that being said, Mike C., let's start with your review of Goodnight Mommy because we kind of heard a little sneak peek last week. And then we're going to leave into the professor's gigantic note filled one. Should we say spoiler alert? I was just going to ask if we should go into spoilers uh, for this or not. Yeah. That's up to you guys. Right, so, here's going to be what I'm going to say we are going to say. Spoilers. You you can't talk about this movie without talking about spoilers. Yeah, because yeah. the end of the movie has to be talked about. Yeah, yeah. So there's a big twist at the ladies end. and gentlemen. And spoiler alert. alert! From this time on, uh, there will be spoilers in this. It's going to deal with a twist at the end. If you've because never seen Good Night, Mommy, yeah, yeah, 
you might, and, and you're interested in seeing the name Naomi Watts, American version, probably coming out next year. Exactly. I would say maybe skip past it, although they might change the ending. You never know. But I would say skip past it or, you know, whatever. If not, watch Goodnight Mommy because you should to get your own opinion. And uh, when you watch it, you'll get the twist anyway. So I don't know. It just forewarning, we have to talk about the twist. There's no way you can't talk about this, especially when these two are going at it. Yeah, I mean, who without knows, talking who about knows what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, exactly. Who knows so, what's going to come out? Spoiler alert, during the segment, I feel like that is appropriate. So, Mike, see, with that being said, you can take the floor because the professor has a whole litany. I, I can see his notes. They're pretty long. So with that <laughs> he being brought a said, novel with him. He did. So with that being said, we already also well, we already kind of know your basis of your argument because you started it last week. Like so, three, three paragraphs, four it, paragraphs. Four yeah. paragraphs. So and just to kind of give a little bit of a background uh, of the film, I'm just going to take this right from Wikipedia. Um, after undergoing cosmetic facial surgery, a woman comes back home to her modern, isolated lakeside house uh, and to her nine-year-old twin sons, Elias and Lucas. Her head is swathed in bandages with only her eyes and mouth visible. The twins are unnerved by their mother's appearance and are further taken aback when she starts to exhibit strange behavior. She pointedly ignores Lucas and appears only to acknowledge Elias in the conversation. Though it is in the middle of summer, the mother orders the twins to keep the blinds closed during the day, imposes a strict rule of silence inside the house, and allows them only to play outdoors. The mother also acts cruelly and lashes out at Elias physically when he is mischievous and disobedient. The boys comment that this is something their mother would never do. So that's where I'm going to leave that. Um, and, and basically, this movie was something that I, I just want to start out by saying, you know, a lot of times trailers for, for these movies either really get you pumped to see something or they give away maybe way too much and with this one the trailer i i remember you know i i knew going in that it was going to be a foreign film it, it was austrian uh with english subtitles and that didn't bother me um you know the, the professor as i've mentioned many times got me to the point where i was okay watching foreign films because of wreck and wreck 2 uh, so i was fine with that and i was excited for this because the trailer looked absolutely terrifying and then i watched it and this movie, I want to say it's it's a hundred minutes long, so it's an hour and forty minutes. It's not terribly long. I felt like I needed breakfast, lunch, and dinner during this movie because it just seemed like it was so long. It bored me to tears. Nothing, and I mean nothing, happens in this movie. Nothing. They took everything that they could and put it into this trailer to make it look like a horror movie. It was stupid. It was terrible. I hope that the American version is going to be a better version of this. I, you know, I, I have faith that it will, because um, it was a great concept, but it was extremely predictable. I'm not going to give away the ending. I know he said spoiler alert. I'll leave that for the professor if he wants to give that information out. But just nothing happens. It was about as flat a movie. It just it fell as flat as it possibly could for me. And honestly, one of the most overrated movies I've ever seen. And one of the, it was not a horror movie. There was, to me, this movie was not a horror movie. I know the professor completely disagrees with me on this because we've argued about this before in the past. Um, I know you feel that it is flat out, a, or not only horrific, but just a terrifying movie. But it is not. There, there's nothing horrific about this. It was boring. It was terrible. Nothing happens. 
So that's what I'm going to say. This movie is a very, very, very strong and powerful two out of 10 for me. Well, geez. Well, I mean, I can see, I can definitely see, you know, it's a slow burn and it's, but it's a slow burn before slow burns were the cool thing to do. Um, which nowadays it seems like everybody's all the artsy indie movies are doing slow burns for horror films and it's getting kind of annoying at this point. Um, but this was, when was this made back in 2014 or like mid aughts or not mid aughts, the mid teens of the 20s. Yeah, it was 2014. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't yeah. Let like me, let me reference before, but... my notes here. So yeah. Uh, Austrian. Yep. Um, but yeah. So, and to kind of go into a little bit more of the story, because I know Mike, you, you're saying nothing really happens and there's a large portion of the movie where it's, it's kind of a dragon. I, I would agree. Absolutely. Um, but so this woman returns home, she's unnamed the whole time. Um, and she's only she's cre- mommy in, in the credits as a mother, right. Uh, yeah. re- returns home and it's her, her sons are twins, uh, Elias, Eli- and, uh, Lucas and, um, you know, she's got the bandages on her face and everything from the extensive surgery. And she's not acting supposedly like she, um, normally acts and the, the twins kind of discuss this. And, uh, basically it becomes like a battle of wills between the, uh, the boys and the mother there. And yeah, and I, I do want to mention that the boys think that it's not their real mom. Yeah. They, they think that her, their mother did not come home. They're suspicious. It's and, somebody else. And they think it's somebody else. And she's acting strangely. And she gets kind of, you know, violent towards uh, what, which one? Elias. He's he's the. So, like, she she doesn't seem to know Lucas is there. And, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, causes some conflict between the mother and the kids. That And the twins are very suspicious. And they especially it gets to the point where they actually um, in the, to paraphrase queen, tie your mother down. Um, they, they tie her down. Um, they glue her to the floor. It's gross. It's terrifying. Um, and then they glue her mouth shut and you know, she can't eat. So they have to cut her mouth open and that's a gross. There's some gross shit that happens in this. There's some pretty intense things. And, um, you know, the, the twist is obvious. Mike said, you know, there is a twist and it's very predictable and there's a shot very early on. I think it's even before the title comes up on the screen, but it might be like very within the first few minutes of the movie, there's a distinct shot that is hits you over the head with the foreshadowing. And, you know, I, I totally agree that it's super predictable, the twist, but knowing the twist doesn't ruin the effect of the movie. It doesn't diminish how messed up what's going on at the end of this movie um, really is because really, um, and I'm, I'm going to get into spoilers here. So, um, so what's really happening is it turns out that Lucas is dead. Um, Elias is the only living son. Um, Lucas died before the mother returned home and Elias is unable to, deal with this and he suffers from hallucinations and believes Lucas is really there when he isn't and the mother. So like it adds kind of some more context to like this conflict between the mother and the kids because the mother's wondering what the hell's going on with Elias and Elias is wondering what the hell's going on 
with the mother because you, you know there's clearly some messed up shit going on um and we, we as an audience don't know who to rely on really um it's as close as you can get to an unreliable narrator like in a book so to speak so you know um elias is clearly unreliable we we can't trust that what he's talking about with lucas is really what's going on because lucas like i said is not actually there and that's that's very very obvious um like mike was saying going in from the get-go um there's a scene early on that establishes that yeah something is amiss with these twins and uh so anyways um they get more and more uh, elias becomes more and more suspicious loses more and more of his mind and uh to the point where he um glues the mother's mouth shut um and has her glued to the living room floor and you know he he demands you know you know are what have you done with our mother you know like what where is our mother are you our mother you know that sort of thing and um he thinks you know if if she really is the mother she should be able to see lucas and she can't and she's trying to you know tell him you know i can't see lucas and that sets him off to think well this can't be my real mother and sets the house on fire and basically you know um that's that's it it becomes this intense kind of conflict between the two and um we don't really know what to believe until the end and then like then the end has there's this ambiguous end where you know the house burns down um clearly we're wondering if anybody survived and you see the mother go off in the background kind of right if i'm recalling correctly it's but um and then then she meets up with the boys um and they all smile and hug so clearly they all died in the fire i mean there's no it's for an ambiguous ending it's really not that open-ended like there's only really one way to interpret that like elias and the mother die in the fire uh, at least in my interpretation i'm no i, agree I mean i'm you. gonna i mean it and that's that's one of the faults of the film I, I i will say like it's not like the best horror movie i've ever seen but there's there's some psychological shit going on here that's pretty disturbing the more you think about it and it uh it does I, I think a remake would be good and I, I'm very excited, especially Naomi Watts is like one of my favorite actresses. Like Mulholland Drive is a powerhouse performance from her and she's great in King Kong and she's she's great in everything. Uh Funny Games. I know Funny Games is an iffy movie for some people, but she's great in it, and so is Tim Roth. Um but anyways, I'm excited that they're remaking this and seeing you know because the it's obvious like mike was saying the foreshadowing hits you over the head and you know exactly that like things are amiss right from the get-go but again that doesn't truly diminish too much from the uh how messed up it is that this boy is torturing his mother because he hasn't been able to deal with the loss of his brother hasn't been able to deal with what's going on and he doesn't trust his own eyes doesn't trust his own you know, mother, so to speak. Um, and you know, it becomes fatal and that's pretty messed up. And it, it, uh, there's a good story in there. It, it, it's long and drawn out. Um, like I said, this is a, this is a, um, this is one of those 
slow burns before slow burns were super popular. So now that everything's a slow burn, this just seems kind of like, uh, you know, but you know, the ending it's open to interpretation, but it's so obvious. And that's another fault I would say, but this, this has some good influences, you know, there's, um, eyes without a face from 1960. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie, uh, French film, uh, and also the skin I live in from 2011, a Spanish film, um, horror movies that like involve women with bandaged faces. Um, so like they're, they're, thematically like mistaken identities and you know um all all these kind of movies kind of work well with each other this is a good companion piece for eyes without a face and the skin i live in and uh as as obvious as the twist is as as unambiguous as that ambiguous ending is it's a good variation of you know what's come before with those uh that french and uh spanish movie i was talking about um, it's well made. The movie looks good. There's good cinematography. The music's good. The child actors are great. You know, like the performances are good. It's a well-made movie. Um, but you know, it, it's not perfect. Um, it's, it's scary. The more you think about it, um, it, it's not like edge of your seat scary. Like the trailers would make you think it is. It's more like a cringy kind of like, Oh, this makes me feel awful. Kind of scary. Um, rather than like, oh my God, I'm terrified. Uh, you know what I mean? So I, I, uh, I really enjoy it. I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. Oof. Ooh, wow. You guys could not be further apart yeah. on your decisions, man. I, I told you. Well, I know. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to, uh, you know, at home, we want to hear your decisions too. We're going to put up the poll. It'll go up Monday morning because the show will be out Monday afternoon or so. Uh, so I, for the masses, if you're on Patreon, you guys are going to have to wait because uh, you guys get it Sunday. You're going to have it Sunday night. So yeah. with that being said, uh, you know, uh, we're going to put out a poll on Twitter. See what you guys feel. This is going to be, you know, team professor, team Mike. We're in, you know, so like the movie, don't like the movie. Check it's it gonna out. It's going to be. Yeah. All right. So we want to hear from you. We'll give those results next week. Not since Twilight Maybe. has there been two two uh more powerful forces that are competing team right. jacob so so with that being said we're gonna do that that's gonna happen it'll be almost a whole week long you know we'll, we'll set it up so that way when we done next week we can give you the results as you guys did we're gonna do that more and more with the reviews as well because i want to see what you guys like or hate but in this case it's definitely a team thing because one is so they're so far apart you you liked it or you didn't we're gonna just keep it that simple not even gonna give you a third option of, of, of in the middle I just want to know because if you if you're in the middle, that means you're in the middle one way or another as well. So if you're leaning towards, eh, I really don't like it. Vote for I don't like it. If you're leaning so, with that being said, that's what we're going to do here. I'm going to make a decision here as well. But before I do, I want to give it over one last time, and for you at home to make your arguments as well. One last time, Mike C. What is the final? We already have your score. We already have your review. Any, any words of encouragement for people to vote your style or why you feel that way? Uh, I mean, my opinion is my own with this. Um, I'm in the minority on this. I, I actually, while well, the professor was, was wrongly giving information about how great a movie it was, <laughs> uh, I was actually looking this up. And, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes has it at like 86% right now. And uh, most, of the, the, most of the different reviews that are out there are high. Um, so, you know, there's something that where, where I'm in the minority on this one, kind of like with Halloween 2018, I just don't get it. I, I don't understand 
why people like it. So, you know, if everybody loves it, I mean, explain to me what I'm missing. Well, you can you can leave that in the comments. We'll read some comments online, so yeah. that's a good yeah. way if you guys want to drop a comment as well. But I I, I mean, listen, I, I will say this for yourself, job. Uh, you know, just because Rotten Tomatoes says something's eighty six percent doesn't mean that literally it's real eighty six. It's like any yeah. poll; it's whoever votes on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in this case, who knows? Maybe our listenership and maybe the people out there on Twitter maybe they don't like this movie. So you never know. So I understand what you're saying is is you didn't get it. You thought it was weird. You thought it was a little too slow. Uh, that's that's kind of in a nutshell. And and you never know. You might have a lot of people who think that as well. And if for somebody hasn't watched it and they're hearing this first and then going and watching it, that could sway them. Professor, once again, just final bullet points. Why do you rank it so high and why do you think people will agree with you? Well, um, just objectively, it's not like a bad movie. Um, it's a well-made movie. The story, you know, it, it does phone in some elements. You know, the twist is coming like within the first few minutes of the movie. Um, but again, it, it, ha- it adds to the rewatchability of it. And, you know, knowing that, you know, Lucas really isn't there the whole time makes the interactions between Elias and Lucas throughout the entire movie uh, more disturbing. And knowing that doesn't, it actually adds to the effect of the movie. Um, But I could see where somebody would see, oh, that's the twist and I've checked out, you know, like it's like, it's like, but it's not like the sixth sense where, you know, Bruce Willis is, after um, you find out Bruce Willis is dead, you rewatch the movie and the movie is just kind of like, eh, it's not as scary or not as it, it doesn't hold up to the rewatch. Whereas good night, mommy, I've watched it thrice at this point. Thrice. And, uh, wow. and, and it's, it, 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 uh, it's like a good wine. It gets better with age. Um, it, it becomes more disturbing. The more you think about what this kid is doing to his mother, um, it, uh, what the kid is, does to his mom is fucked up is really fucked up. Um, and I would argue, you know, Mike says nothing happens. Nothing happens for a good chunk of the movie, but at the end, a lot of things happen. Um, and uh, it's messed up, and I I, I like it. I, I, I'm going to say this before I give my answer. Uh, <laughs> there's just something telling about this. The professor gave this an eight and a half and has seen this movie three times. Mike C. gave Halloween 2018 like a point five at this point in juncture. And he has seen it no less than 68 times. <laughs> 60. <laughs> so I, 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 I just don't get the logic of hating something and watching it so much. We always bust your balls on that mic, but I still, I can't get behind that. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, though, my thoughts on this movie, my quick, you guys, you nailed the well, review. And let me, let me just say, like, this is not an easy movie. This is, no, this no. is not an easy movie to watch because it gets into some troubling territory psychologically that uh and and it uh it really does like the the more you think about it the scarier it is so if you tune out like you're not gonna find it scary right so i'm gonna say this uh just uh, up front uh i watched this this past week for the first time i already knew the twist ending of the movie yeah so that was something that i knew coming in i think that that might have been an advantage to this movie knowing the twist ending yeah because then you realize how fucked up this movie truly is uh, because honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go. I, I will say just so you can get the score. I gave this a six out of 10. So I'm falling closer to the professor. It wasn't one of the greatest movies, but I didn't hate it. There is a very long period of slow burn, but oh, I yeah. feel like I didn't mind the slow burn as much because I knew what was happening. And you knew so what it made it more. It made, it made it to me. It made it, it was building into the intrigue to the end and what they were, where they were going to go. 
Uh, the reason I think I like this movie is, you know, I'm not always into to, to a ton of artsy films, as, as we pointed out in this. Sometimes this gets lumped into the artsy film. I think for some reason, slow burn movies get lumped into artsy films, which a yeah. lot of times they are. Uh, but this is one of them that I thought built, uh, you know, like once again, I think maybe the twist hurts it because at the end of the day, if you know what's going to happen, like if you know the twist, you start to pick out these things during the movie where you're like, oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. Oh, that's really weird. That's really like, like, so like, I think that that, that advantage for me actually made me like the movie better. I don't know if I, if it would have been the reveal, which I could have guessed anyways, within like five minutes of the movie starting, uh, I don't know if I would have dug it as much. Yeah, but uh, I, I I will say that uh, once you hit the parts where the uh, the the son starts evicting you know exacting revenge on the mother, if you will, or trying to interrogate the mother, revenge for what? Which right, is exactly. Really that's messed the, up. That, so the fucked up part. Like she about hasn't done kid, anything. This kid has all. convinced himself this isn't his mother, yeah. and on top of that, he's talking to a fucking something somebody who's dead, who's not even there. Yeah, and on top of it, then he does like this sickest shit, like gluing somebody to a floor. Is gluing their sick. mouth shut, and then, super well, yeah, glue. and then and then cutting it open, uh, and then burning the house down. Yeah, presumably staying yes. in the house. I'm with you on that. I think they yeah. kind of they make it. Unless my my other argument, the the ambiguous argument, would also be that since he already sees his dead brother that's not there, maybe he just sees dead people that aren't there. Yeah, I don't maybe know. they're not all there. Maybe he's not fucking there. Maybe you're yeah. I mean, where's the father the whole time? Yeah, right? good, we need good night, daddy. I think you were onto something, Mike. See. <laughs> we need to find this little kid's gonna become a serial killer through this. So then, after he kills his dad, it'll be like good night, grandma, good night, grandpa, good night, Uncle Jim, good night, li- good night, I'd little. Love to see good night, Uncle Jim. Good night, daughter. When he starts having kids. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, it's just scary. But anyways, with that being said, you know, good night, wife. <laughs> oh, no. hey, that, that sounds like an Eminem song. We don't want to get canceled. Yeah. Uh, with, with that being said, though, you know, I don't know. I I, I actually did. I, I enjoyed the movie for what it was. It's a little sick and disturbed and twisted. Uh, but that's kind of my, my MO. I kind of like that I like kind of that movie. Kind of, yeah. But I can understand why some people think this is a little too visceral because it is really kind of disgusting and disturbing. But I understand why Mike doesn't like it. Mike doesn't like them slow roll movies. Being, he ain't got time for that shit. But being a fan of Eyes Without a Face and uh, The Skin I Live In, this, is, this movie's kind of a treat just like those. If you're into those movies, you'll definitely like this. If not, then you won't like it. Although, ironically enough, Mike C. is into another genre of films uh, remake of this movie. Which What's is, that? It was, it, was, it was still called Good Night Mommy, but it was, it's a whole other story. It's, oh. about, it's about a love from a mom and a stepson. I'll oh. let you do the math. Anyways, yeah. with that being said, <laughs> uh, what did you guys think? We're going to be putting that Twitter poll up. Make sure you're at Horizon 607 on Twitter. Vote in the poll. Drop a comment. We might even read them on air next week. Also, feel free if you want to to also drop any comments or quotes on uh, Horizon 607 on Facebook. Uh, of course, like and share the page while you're there, and also follow us on Instagram at Horizon 607 because we'll be checking over those comments. And next week on the show, we'll read off the poll, see if you agree with it being a good movie or a bad movie, uh, or you know you liked it or we're just gonna say like or didn't like because we're not gonna say good or bad because it doesn't matter if it's, you know it's whether you liked it or you're not. It's objectively it. a good right. It's right, a well-made right. movie. It's right. Every it, it was in focus. It's got a beginning. It was, it's got a middle. It's <laughs> got an end. It's got three. It was, acts. It's, got, it was in focus. it's got some characters. It's got some things happening. It was in focus. It's got it's got three acts, uh, and it tells a story. So it, technically, everything is a good there's, movie. If you there's go a there's an exposition. There's a rising action. There's a kick, climax. I know, I know. I made you laugh about in focus, Mike, but you never tried to watch Atrium. Hey, no. That movie not in focus. Another story for another day, though. The movie's bad. It is pretty bad. I tapped out after fifteen, ten or fifteen minutes. I don't and think I'm going back. Five. 
Uh, but anyways, with that being said, though, also make sure you visit 8122productions.com. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. We're going to be adding a lot more in the next month or so. Myself and Ken M. from Ochadura Parley Hour Podcast are actually going to be renovating the site. So it's going to be kind of cool stuff. There's some ideas we got. Uh, we're renovating the studio soon. We're renovating the site. The streams are getting bigger. Man, there's a lot going on at 8122 Productions. Three years has been a long time. It's been awesome. We love doing what we do. Love bringing what you bring. So we're going to give you more of that goodness and more of that content more, coming in the near more, future. So more. make sure you keep your eyes and the best place to hear that news besides the social media so we make sure we put everything on there is 8122productions.com also if you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as one dollar a month you can do that at patreon.com slash 8122productions you get a ton of extra bonus content including the three fat nerds podcast you get that early and it's the uncut unedited uncooked edition every week that means there's extra commentary that's too hot for the airwaves because uh, we can't get kicked off of patreon Allegedly. Uh, we're pushing that envelope real soon with a show I'm going to mention in a minute. Horror Zone 607, you get that early, and we will be doing an extended cut of that for Patreon when Mike sees back in the studio because that's a little easier Some to do at that point. Alongs. Yes, we're going to be doing more watch longs for that's twitch.tv slash six is a podcast. Make sure you're following. We're going to be doing that in the definitely near future. Yeah. And uh, I know that in May, we're definitely we're opening with uh, The Last Dragon. I'll give you a date to be determined, but that'll be going off the uh, Def Jam, The Last Dragon. We're doing a watch along for that because that was something we promised before Barry COVID. Gordy's Last Dragon. That's right. Oh, Mother. man. We're watching. If you want to stop by and enjoy it, to... is, 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 you're invited. You're a part of this family. Oh, so boy. we're going to be doing that uh, watch along on Twitch. And uh, just so you guys know, and then we're going to be doing some horror ones because I know after Mike's available, we want to do Lamageddon all together. We watch oh, it separately. Yeah. I heard Slacks is a big pick. <laughs> <laughs> there's some, there's some, there's some funny Slacks ones, and there's fun. there's going to be some good ones too. Don't get, don't get me wrong, but sometimes the funny ones are the best to commentate. I want to watch a real scary one with you guys. Sure, we can do that as well. Uh, with that being said, though, uh, that's on Twitch.tv/slash/podcast. You get that information at one two two brothers.com. But going back to Patreon, there's also two shows for Patreon. I love movies. We break down talk about movies we love movies we hate movies that people love that we hate movies that are just cult icons and classics movies that are just so bad like we did maximum overdrive on there it's so bad it's good Oh, yeah. I love that movie, but it's, it's so bad. Good. It's so good. <laughs> it is good, but it's bad. Let's be honest. Uh, cocaine. Dude, that is a watch. A by the way, cocaine's a hell of a drug. We might do that in the future as well. Uh, but cocaine. We're gonna do cocaine. No, well, no. We're gonna watch Maximum <laughs> Overdrive. Although, <laughs> although, in honor, careful now, listen, careful. In, in honor of Maximum Overdrive, remember Stephen King was on cocaine. Oh yeah, in that was, movie. Oh yeah. I mean, it is legal to smoke weed in the state of New York. Maybe I'll be yeah. uh, <laughs> brother, brother, brother. Anyways, with that being said, let's go back. Let's get back on uh, track. And of course, I. Uh, Love is Scary with Dr. Derek, the hottest uh, show behind a paywall. He's got a new episode out already for the month of April, and that was all about dating apps. It's it's pretty epic, and pretty soon Spooky Mike will be back on that show, and we've got some things planned that Spooky Mike has no clue about, and we can't wait to do them live, and I know you're going to be want to be a part of that, so patreon.com slash 8122 Productions, and you help support the show, the podcast, the streams, and everything we're doing, uh, and we thank you for that, because we have some awesome patrons. Yeah. With that being said, though, Mike C., that is all I got to give these fine folks for plugs. So that means you can take them home. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Rich. And uh, just to kind of give you guys uh, a little bit of an update uh, on things here, uh, I've got my first vaccine uh, just a couple of days ago. So I uh, had no problems with that. Uh, a couple of weeks, less than three weeks, and I'll be getting my second one. So I'm going to be probably back in the studio about four or five weeks from now. So it, it's 45 weeks. About 45 more weeks, yeah. It's, it's going to be another year. Um, I just want to make sure it settles into my body before I do anything. So, yes, in 45 weeks, I'll be back in the, in the studio. Sorry. 
But uh, I've got some I've got some some fun things that I've got in store that we haven't been able to do while I've been at home because we're going to need the soundboard for it. We're just going to leave it at that. But uh, I've got uh, got some some fun things in store for you. I've got a huge top thirty list that I've also been working on, and uh, we're going to be we're going to be doing that shortly after I get back. Uh, also, you know, we kind of mentioned this on the show last week. We were kicking around some ideas for, um, you know kind of uh, what to review and the professor has really been pushing for and i see his middle finger coming into the screen now but, but uh <laughs> we're, we're going to start reviewing uh movies uh doing one director's movies per month yeah so i i think that uh, what we're going to probably do is mike flanagan may so Ooh. so in the month of may uh we'll be reviewing a couple of movies uh by uh by mike flanagan so that's going to be fun uh and we'll be doing that each and every month so, uh, so there's some fun things coming up uh, again, I'll be back in the studio soon, so of course we'll be doing the watch-alongs, which will be on Twitch TV. So, so it's going to be getting good here. I'm I'm excited to get back. I'm antsy right now. I kind of feel like I'm cats at the Winter Garden Theater now and forever, being home at uh, in my studio 13. But I'm ready to get back out and get reintroduced into the world and uh, and be back in the 8122 Production Studios. So soon, very soon, things are going to get better. They're looking up. So, with that being said, that's it for the show for this week. Thank you all for listening each and every week, as always. I want to thank the professor for absolutely just ruining everything once again. It's so good to have you here. It was the shows my, pleasure, just, my pleasure. The shows are so good without you, and they're so terrible when you are here. So it's, we appreciate it's my, that. It's my pleasure. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> Rich, as always, thanks for all the hard work that you do. I, I do want to say a happy, uh, give, give a special happy uh, three-year anniversary to the 8122 Productions team. We have just reached, you know, as Rich mentioned earlier, uh, we reached three years. Now, Horror Zone 607 hasn't yet. That'll be October. But um, but three glorious, beautiful years for this production company. And uh, a lot of good memories. Made some really good friends through this. And I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And, yeah. And you get stuff like that. So, yeah, that that's just song? beautiful. Cats? Yes, it was. I do believe it wasn't Cats. Live. Yes. Now and forever at the Winter Garden Theater. That's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. So with that nonsense right there, I think we're going to end the show there. Uh, so don't forget to tune in next week. We'll be back with all the biggest horror movie news and talking a whole lot of horror. So until then, for The Professor, for Rich, I'm Mike C. Saying, say ah!